Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights diverse trendsetters and change agents who are the greatest contemporary thinkers and doers, devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology expert, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in optimal lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on today's show, where you will learn about coming home to yourself, realizing your purpose at any age. My first guest is Layla Delia. Layla Delia is a certified spiritual practitioner, spiritual writer, and the founder of Vibrate Higher Daily a vibrational living online community and mentoring program. Delia is an ambassador for Reebok's hashtag Be More Human campaign. She's spoken at panels across the country like South by Southwest and Girl Boss Rally and has been featured in various media outlets, including Glamour Magazine, Girl Boss Radio, Bustle, Black Girl in Ohm, LA Yoga, Hollywood Reporter, and on and on and on. She recently moved back to her native Los Angeles and we're talking about about her book, Vibrate Higher Daily. Welcome, Layla. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am not only excited to have you, but eager to present to our audience really what you're teaching. You know, this sense of intentional, energetic toning in the way we consume, think, say, and do and live. Yes, it's so important because it governs everything we do. So in your book, you mentioned that during hard times in your life, you were living a life at a lower vibration and limited mindset. Explain what you mean by that. During that time in my life, I was completely unaware that I had a higher self, (laughs) that I could live at a different potential. And it was my mindset was so clouded by living in survival mode and healing or not healing, rather not healing from trauma and being an unhealed young woman in the world who doesn't know herself and doesn't know her higher potential is just a recipe for, you know, just a mess. <laughs> like yeah. that can turn into a mess. <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> a hot, hot, flaming mess. And so that's exactly what played out in my life, in the movie of my life at that point, in that part of my life's chapter and book. So When I was unhealed, I was attracting people who could not look, see me, could not see me on a higher vibrational level and would treat me from their wounds as well. So I was just attracting the same level of energy I was, the same level of vibration I was, like I talk about, all about in the book. So our vibration governs everything that we're bringing into our lives and it sets the tone the energetic tone of everything we experience, how we see the world. And when I was living as a victim, truly, I wasn't seeing myself as the hero of my life. I didn't know that was even an option. I was always thinking it was something outside of myself that was going to come save the day. So 
I was always looking for other people to validate my healing and to validate my joy, to validate my sense of self-worth. And when you leave that up to people who are unhealed themselves, that's another hot mess. And so my life was just spiraling and looping out of control, literally to the point where I was in abusive relationships. I was, you know, to a point where I talk in the book, I was suicidal. I was at the point of no return, as so I thought. And I just was hopeless. I was completely hopeless in the world and not knowing a way to go forward and not even knowing how to dig myself up out of this dark place. And then it was, as I talk about in the book, it was just a turn of fate that happened by just beautiful steps that I was able to do. You know, certain people were able to just crack the code and get in and set me free uh, or help set me free, rather, because I, I truly believe it's us that we, we set our own selves free once we are able to honor the path and be obedient to the call to heal, to move forward and to let go of our comfort zone that has been, you know, treating us good to one point. But we outgrow. And sometimes if we stay there too long, it gets toxic, you know, or sometimes it's just toxic from the get go. And we just need to move on with our lives and realize what real joy and real healing is, is all about. It's funny, you mentioned the comfort zone and the words that popped into my mind as you said that, is that it can also be the torture chamber. Oh my goodness, yes. And in most cases, it is. It's it's that place where we find ourselves not thriving to a bigger level. We're playing comfortable. We're playing small. We're not believing that we have more to offer the world. We may desire it, but we're not really believing that we're capable of it. That's the comfort zone. And the comfort zone wants to keep you there. It's very magnetic there. And so it's always drawing you back when you try to get out of it even. And it takes just a powerful force to come into your life and release you from that. And that's courage. That's self-belief. That's love, self-love. And it's vibrating higher daily and living your power. You know, taking your power back is literally a way to set yourself free. And then to understand that, that fear that is controlling that comfort zone, that home there, it's an illusion. It's always an illusion. It's making you think that if you go out for all these other things that you want to manifest in life and see actualized that something's going to happen and you live in, in this fight or flight mode, so to speak. And when, <laughs> when you can get out of that, like everything changes, everything is so mystical. Let's take a step back for a second, because I want to have our listeners get a better awareness of what we're talking about in terms of tone and vibration. And I, everybody has it and everybody re can recognize it. But sometimes you just need to throw a little awareness on a, a little spotlight. And you and I spoke before we started the interview about, you know, are you the um, the storm cloud or the sunshine when you walk in the door, <laughs> right? And maybe that maybe that's a way to imagine, you know, the 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 scale of energy or the scale of of light that each one of us has the ability to walk with. That's it. We we are all our own environment. So whenever we come into contact with people, we're we're coming into environment. We're like exchanging environments, exchanging energy, exchanging vibrations, and this vibrational environment or vibration rather controls how your environment feels. So when you walk into a room, there's already an environment there. And, you know, like if you walk into a room where someone has just been arguing, you can feel it. You feel that tension. It's really thick. And you can feel when there's love and joy, you feel this sense of reprieve when you walk in certain spaces and you feel comfort when you walk in certain places. And, and granted, comfort can be a beautiful thing, but it's not 
a sign to allow fear to take over. I want to just throw that in there uh, and to keep us stuck in places we're not supposed to stay in. But you can show up. And when you walk into a room, are you, like we talked about, are you a cloud, a storm cloud (laughs) where everyone is like, Ooh, this is a dark energy walking in or, you know, just a a heavy, a heavy energy. Or are you the sun walking in as the light in the room? Are you being a light? Are you, are you showing up in a higher vibration of yourself? Are you living your power when you put your work out in the world, when people come into your place of business, are you living your power? And that could look like, you know, serving people with mindfulness, with kindness and compassion versus we all know that experience in the store where someone is just having a bad work day and they're making the customers pay for it. You know, they're like yeah. unkind and maybe rude and just short. And, and maybe that's can be someone on a phone call that you some company you're talking to in customer service, what have you. But we, we all kind of know these vibes that we're picking up from people when we interact and exchange with them. And the interesting thing to know is that energy can be transferred. So it's important to keep this in mind. Am I transferring this vibration, this energy tone to someone else? Or is someone else's energy tone and vibration being transferred onto me? Am I absorbing that? And that's where we start looking at things like being empathic. I believe we're all empathic to the point where we all can take on other people's energy and fill it. Um, but you, you're able to be empathic and living in your power when you know how to transmute that and not let it penetrate deep, deeply into where it becomes you. You just shower it off of you just with self-love, just with mindfulness that this is their thing, not mine. Uh, and, and you let it go. You release it. You don't take it on. And then you don't, you know, as a result, go pass it on or pay it forward to someone else. Sometimes like we can see negative energy do. We see the opposite with love. Like we pass love on, we spread it, but we don't want to spread the heavy and, and unpretty things. No, no, we don't. But let's talk a little bit about Vibrate Higher Daily, the website and the community that you've created. In addition to this book, which teaches us the steps to vibrate higher daily, you have a very thriving community of over a quarter of a million men and women. Talk a little bit about that, because that's no easy task to create that. Yeah, the the community is my family. They're my vibrational family, my extended family. And I have such a love and a reverence for the community because these are all people from all walks of life who are resonating with this message of taking their life to a higher vibration, living their power in the world. And another thing I talk about is journeying in grace. And a lot of times when we're achieving our goals and doing the things, not, you know, knocking off our to-do list and looking at our achievements, or maybe we don't reach our achievements and our goals, we can be hard on ourselves, or we can tend to want to keep compiling things on our list. But sometimes we just have to journey in grace, take some love, take some self-care. And this is what I help teach on the platform is how to journey in grace, how to you know, bring grace into your path while you're living your power, because sometimes we have to rest, <laughs> we have to slow down, we have to recharge. And then we also have to have a place where we can grow safely, where we can understand how to navigate the world through vibration. And this is what I offer on my online community on social media, but then also on my website. And I'm just so excited because this right now we're undergoing a major makeover on my website on the 
member community where it's going to be a way different experience, how to teach, how to learn about vibration and vibrating higher in the world. And I'm so excited about that. But there's so many people. We're not alone. And we see that through community on, on you know my platforms. And I love it. I love just showing up every day in service and channeling, channeling the message of Vibrate Higher Daily in whatever way comes through. I think you hit upon something so powerful that for one to live their most fulfilled way or path, in my experience, it has been to be of use to others in whatever it is that we choose to do. Yes. That service is the pathway to vibrate higher to a sustainable level of happiness or contentment or well-being, whatever, whatever word you want to insert there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. In chapter four of the book, I, I talk about this because it, you're right. It's such an important key part of our true fulfillment. If we only stop at our own fulfillment, that's not true joy. It's not true fulfillment. And it's not our highest and best self and potential in the world. And so when we can look outward after we've done all the inner work and when we can look outward or as we're doing the inner work, really, we can look outward and see where is my passion and even my pain and like my pain in the world. Like what have I been through that has caused me pain, but I know that I've learned something. So now I can go forward and help someone else in that same position. Like now that I'm not in pain anymore, I can reach back and help someone else out of their pain. And that can look so many different ways, whether you're a therapist, whether you're an artist, whether you're a person helping someone in customer service, like you just have a heart now to show up in a world as a bomb, as a medicine to someone's soul. And you, and you understand that your vibration, no matter what you're doing can help people do that. And it's so important that part, that part of service. And then when we, when we're in service, we're also helping ourselves. You know, how often do we, you know, some days we need advice ourselves or we're not feeling our, our, you know, like our highest self. And then we give someone advice and we're back balanced again. Yeah. We're back aligned again. You know, it, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful reciprocal experience. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Layla Delia to learn more about her work and Vibrate Higher Daily. Please visit her website, www.vibratehigherdaily.com, on Twitter at Layla Delia, on Facebook, Layla Delia, and on Instagram, also Layla Delia. And Layla is spelled L-A- L-A-H. Here comes that break. We'll be right back. And that is an absolute promise. Hang on just a minute here. Before I pause, I want to express some love and appreciation for today's show sponsor, Molecule, air purification reinvented for every room in your home. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier that is the only one destroying pollutants at a molecular level, completely removing them from the air we breathe. Molecule is state-of-the-art science that leaves antiquated HEPA filters in the dust. We've still got a lot of construction going on around the house, filling it with airborne dust and debris. The air around me is filled with pollutants and allergens which have aggravated my sinuses and activated my allergies. Molecule relieves my symptoms quickly with its photoelectrochemical oxidation, known as PICO nanotechnology, that eliminates allergens, mold, bacteria, viruses, and airborne chemicals that typical old-fashioned HEPA filters only collect. 
Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science. But most importantly, it's been tested by real people like me. It's been tested, vetted, and proven. We keep our unit in the bedroom because breathing clean air improves our sleep. Molecule has already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule doesn't just have groundbreaking technology on the inside. It has a sleek aluminum design that makes it the apple of air purifiers. Here's a New Year's resolution for you. Stop breathing contaminated air. Cleaner air is healthier air. Join me in better breathing and receive 10% off your first air purifier order. Visit Molecule.com, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and be sure to enter the promo code HH10 at checkout. Once again, it's Molecule.com, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and don't forget the promo code HH10 to receive 10% off your first air purifier order. Now here comes that pause. We'll be right back, and that is a guarantee. To learn more about cultivating sustainable well-being at home and the office, visit HarvestingHappiness.com and explore Lisa's experiential on-site brain fitness workshops, corporate programming, and speaking engagement services. And we are back talking about what it means to come home to oneself. Let's return to the conversation with my guest today, Layla Delia. So Layla, talk a little bit about how your dad's mindset influenced you. He was truly a teacher sent to me, not just a parent, but a teacher who was able to plant this life into me that as a young girl didn't always flourish at the time, but it did when it was supposed to. That's what I believe. And he was able to set the tone vibrationally as a young person. And back then, granted, I loved it, but I didn't always understand what he was doing. But he was vibrating higher. He was living in South Central LA and you know, bringing me up to be a woman of integrity, a young girl who can navigate her environment and not settle for, you know, things that didn't serve me. And did I always listen? No, (laughs) I had to go like, you know, most young people. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm like, I think I need to reveal right here. So I, you know, and, and it's funny because young people, how the brain is, is just mapped out. It's not that they want to rebel. It's like they just really are testing, you know, their their coming of age and their, you know, their growth in the world and hormones are haywire and going everywhere. And you just think that you know more than your wise parents sometimes. And so I truly was, you know, I loved my father, but I was truly rebelling to a point where I was settling for friendships and, you know, all the things that didn't serve me. And my father was always like, that's not for you. And and sometimes he would step in with a stern, you know, uh, interception (laughs) in 
like make me end relationships or, you know, make me go to certain functions that would help grow me and expand my mind, read books to me, really spend time with me, taking me places that would expand my mind as a young person. He would, there was days when we would drive outside of our neighborhood many times, drive outside of our neighborhood, go to different types of events and functions where the people were completely different than what we were seeing in our close-knit neighborhood. And it allowed me to to look at the world a little different. Like, oh, okay, people are living differently. And it, it sparked curiosity as a young girl to where it that I was able to feed off of that curiosity. And that was a saving grace ultimately. Um, I think it, where it manifested the most for me growing up was in the creative outlet. And he fed into my creativity. He saw kind of where I was taking hold of everything he was showing me in the arts. And he would feed into that support and have me, you know, at places and events and trainings and schools doing all the things. And when I was going through all my things in the world, all the all the pain that it was my art that I came back to versus, you know, what you're seeing now, me as a writer, a spiritual writer, it really is a cathartic place for me. And through that, I, I was able to offer now something to the world, which I love. But yeah, he was so instrumental in setting a vibrational tone in my home that allowed me to feel at home and ha- that I had a sacred space in the world, no matter what pain I was looking at in the world. And granted, a lot of the pain that I was having was not my fault at all. It was things that I didn't ask for, but yeah. experienced, you know, and and you know, him not knowing all of what was going on because I, I dared not tell him, not knowing what would happen. But uh, I, I was more so in protection of him. Uh, but I, I was able to find just reprieve, just being around him and in the home and the energy that he built for us, which was all about setting a higher energy tone and a place of warmth and a place where I knew I was taken care of and tended to as a child from a parent, which is just really important. He was there. He was present. Like we talked about earlier, he he had a meaningful presence and just a beautiful spirit, which he still does. <laughs> he still does to this day. And in Vibrate Higher Daily, you reference um, the work of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And then you just shared about your own story or your own journey of, you know, not hearing the call or the, the, uh, the advice of the father. And I'm thinking to myself as you're speaking that part of the, um, the paradigm of Joseph Campbell's heroic journey is that the story must unfold the way it does in order for the hero to be activated, right? So all of the negative stuff, all mm-hmm. of the challenging stuff yep. must occur in order to give rise to that flame. Oh, absolutely. It's all, it's the ingredients. You know, we, if we look at our lives, if we look at that hero's journey in the life of a cake, like it takes everything. It takes the eggs, it takes the milk, it takes the butter, the coconut oil, whatever you put in it, it takes the type of of flour you use. And if you leave anything out, that cake is going to be a mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be lopsided and it's just not going to be its full potential self, that yummy cake, right? That it could be. So, but our journeys are the same thing, no matter like, you know, and, and it's interesting because I heard, this is Kirk Franklin's reference actually, but he talked about, you know, now if you put an egg like by itself and crack it and just put it in a bowl, there's nothing happens. And if you put flour in a bowl by itself, nothing happens. If you put sugar in a bowl by itself and nothing happens, you know, so on. And he just talks about, but when you mix all the things together, the the flour, the, the milk, the oil, 
the eggs, the salt, it creates a cake, you know, once you do all the steps, once, yeah. once you allow the process. And that's our lives. Like, that's what the journey is. All the things that we don't understand by themselves when it's happening, it makes no sense to us. We can't digest it. We, we, just, we, we want out of it. But we don't see that something else is building. A process is happening and a path is being made for us. We're being fortified, we're being initiated, and we're being molded to become the hero of our life. And if we just allow it, if we surrender to that process, if we trust the process, if we lean in and say, how can I be of best use in my own process? How can I stop being an enemy to my process? Because the process is never against us, it's always for us. And when we can allow that to be what it is, we understand now that okay, I can insert myself in this whole paradigm as a hero versus a victim. Yeah. You know, you can always look at, and Joseph Campbell talks about this motif of the hero. There's always an adversary. There's always some, some mystical person who comes in your life that initiates your healing, who gives you inspiration to know that you can carry on. And it just happens on and on. And then it's a it's a space where you go from being a victim or you go from just really being this underdog to now really having to say so in your own life. You no longer on, are on autopilot and you realize I have power to really turn this around and to help guide my guide my path and guide this whole ship I'm sailing. So it's just not at sea floating in any which direction. And I'm just okay with that. But now I'm now taking charge of this vessel and navigating forward in my power and with mindfulness and intention. That makes all the difference in the world then when you have those key components, because now that helps guide you vibrationally and energetically how you show up, what you accept what you say no to. Let's let's give our listeners a couple of examples of ways that we can alter our own environment to be more open to scaling the tone up. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. So for one is to pay attention. Your body is always speaking to you vibrationally. It's, it's, your body is a, it's a monitor and it's allowing you to feel and to sense how something is reacting to your body, how your body is reacting to something energetically. So say if it's a food you eat and it's really causing fatigue, it's causing brain fog, you can't function after you eat it or after you consume it, then something as small as that is awareness. That's vibrational awareness that I talk about in the book. And it happens on the most small, smallest, minute levels. And then on the big levels, like maybe you're in a career field where you don't feel fulfilled, you don't see any energy shifting You've tried, you've totally done all you can, but then you know it's time to expand outward and leaving that job, surrendering it, letting it go, and then moving out, expanding out into that, expanding your experience out into something else. Maybe you don't know what it is yet, but that's that vibrational awareness that I know this is, it's drawing you, it's always pulling you in, in a certain direction. So that's a way, or then maybe it's in a relationship with a person. You just notice that maybe you know, energetically, vibrationally, I feel beautiful around this person. I feel heard. I feel safe. I feel consoled. All the things that we look for in in, in beautiful functioning relationships or in when it's not functional, then maybe you don't feel seen and heard. There's no consoling ever. There's no encouragement and there's no 
exchange. There's no balance there and you feel heavy about it. And that's vibrational awareness to move your life into a better, higher direction. So it's always, it's, it's about the sense it's feeling sensory wise, what we're experiencing and honoring that, that that's vibrational feedback from your body, from your everything about your body, mind and spirit. So is there's, there's this listening and there's an attunement to our surroundings, to our thoughts, to our feelings with, without necessarily believing everything that we think, because there's a downside to that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because everything that you think, if you just go off of your thoughts, alone, they're not like facts, know. honey, they're not facts. <laughs> <laughs> they are not facts. Like they are so not facts. And even that, like we we're doing it even then when we're guarding our thoughts, when we're kind of saying, oh, okay, I had a wild thought. Like if we act out on every thought, like, can you imagine what our life would look like? Right. And so having the discernment to know what thoughts to give energy to and, and say, for instance, that you want to get better at this. It's the more you do it, it's a muscle. The more you honor navigating your thoughts in a higher direction, the the more better thoughts you'll have. But when you keep feeding into lower thoughts and being reactionary to them, you you have more of that. So it's basically like, what mind do you want to feed? Do you want to feed the critical mind, the judging mind, the lower vibrational mind, the self-defeated mind? Or do you want to feed the mind that is an overcomer, that's the hero of your life? that is healthy, that is abundant, you know, it's, it's what do you, what thoughts do you want to feed? And the mind is like that. It's, it's going to go where you're, you're putting energy towards. And that's another way just to show up and understand that you have power. You can live your power in a way in the world to where now your thoughts, your actions are more aligned to how you want to live versus, you know, you just having this ethereal idea or this idea outside of your head that other people can have the beautiful life and the beautiful things. Maybe it's the relationship and the career or the home, but you can't have it or the platform, right? But when you start really paying attention to vibration, because vibration is going to be the tool that's going to help you navigate there to get to that, to actualize that. So when you start honoring your vibration, your energy, it's going to guide you there. And then it shows up even louder. It gets clearer. There's more clarity there. Would you read a short passage from your book, Vibrate Higher Daily? We're almost out of time, but I'd love to give our listeners a flavor and then we'll need to sign off. Yes, yes. I have a piece here. This is a, a just a really short, simple piece. And it's in the book and it's under the journey section and it's in chapter two. Don't ever stop believing in your personal transformation. It is still happening on the days you may not realize it or feel like it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yes. Or a woman. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Layla Delia. We've been talking about her book, Vibrate Higher Daily, How to Rise to Your Potential and Embrace Vibrational Based Living for Empowerment, Wholeness, and Well-Being. To learn more, please visit vibratehiredaily.com. On Twitter at Layla Delia. On Facebook, that's Layla Delia. And on Insta, also Layla Delia. And Layla is spelt L-A. L-A-H. Layla, thanks for coming by for a virtual cup of tea today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Oh, I feel the same <laughs> <Loved> way. <laughs> me too. Yes. We're going to take a pause and we'll be right back. Did you know that happiness is actually good for your health? Happy people live longer, are more productive, and make better partners, parents, and professionals. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration.
We are back, continuing the conversation about the realization of purpose at any age. My next guest is Lucinda Bakken-White, who wrote Confessions of a Bone Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. So we are going to get wild with Lucinda today. Lucinda Bakken-White began her professional career with an MBA and a coveted position at IBM. Throughout the years, Lucinda's deep connection with nature and her insatiable quest for learning has led her to study and work with internationally acclaimed philosophers and prominent figures across a broad spectrum of disciplines. And she's written this really interesting book, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about this. Lucinda, thanks for joining us on the show. Hi, Lisa. So fun to be here with you. Oh, so fun to have you. Like just in the little chit chat we had, you know, prior to starting, uh, you've warmed my heart. You've grabbed my heart, mostly because of when we talked about your name. You were born Lucinda. You became Cindy and you're returning to Lucinda. Yes. Full circle. Full That's circle. one of my lessons. <laughs> yes. yes. And talk about your book, Confessions of a Bone Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World, which introduces a concept I'm not sure that many of us has heard of before. What exactly is a bone woman? Yes, a bone woman is a woman who collects bones, animal bones. And the reason is it's symbolic. If we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience... And we die at the end of this lifetime, but our soul continues on. We have two aspects. And so the bones are symbolic of our inner essence, our authenticity, the part of us that never dies. And a bone woman collects animal bones, which is symbolic of her reclaiming herself, those parts of herself that have been tamed and shamed and suppressed by cultural conditioning, familial conditioning, whatever. Mm. Uh, the subtitle of your book, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. Speak to the wildness, girl. Wildness. Yes, we have this idea in our modern culture that wildness means, hey, let's get drunk. Whoa, let's jump off the building into a swimming pool. And that just speaks to our idea that we have a calling to be wild. But because we have placed um, a predominant emphasis on our human nature, which is tangible, it's form, it's doing, it's, it's accomplishments and beauty and awards and degrees and money. We have neglected our inner essence that's invisible. So the wildness, our soul is actually wild. Our inner authentic nature is wild. And what that means is it wants to move. It's, it's our childlike self spontaneous, creative, curious, and free. That's the wildness I'm speaking of. And so many people in our modern era suffer from depression and sadness. And, and what a huge indicator is that you're not connected to your wildness is when you are depressed because we've been taught to overemphasize perfection and doing and we're exhausted. But if we would take the time to go inward and get to know who we are on the inside and to get these messages from our inner authentic self, they are that spontaneous creative wildness. And it's a, it's a higher vibration energy and it moves us. And it wakes us up. It's an internal enlivening energy. And that's the wildness that I speak of and connect to. Let me ask you a couple of questions about your previous professional career and how the domestication process of humanity was supported or hindered by that former life, right? You have an MBA, you worked in the past at IBM. 
Were you the wild woman running through IBM? Or were you the domesticated Cindy that was running through IBM? I was very tamed and domesticated. But yeah, I was out at night, you know, going to parties and drinking, you know, a lot of wine and, you know, that kind of wildness. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's really fun. But I wasn't connected to who I was on the inside. What happened was I was a wild, free nature child in the first decade of my life because I was raised by a single mother. We didn't have a lot of money, so I was always in nature. But then she married an affluent man when I was 11, and the rules changed. So in hindsight, it was brilliant. But at the time, it was very painful because all of a sudden, he shaped me in to become a yuppie and put me on diets to be skinny. And uh, it was all about good grades and degrees. And I got a master's in business and worked for IBM and drove a Porsche and starved myself. And then by age 27, I had accomplished the American dream that my family and the culture had told me would make me happy. But I realized that this was in 1987. It was a while ago. That there was a disconnect between how I felt on the inside and my emotions and my feelings compared to how I looked on the outside. And when I tried to talk to people and about this confusion, everybody looked at me and said, I don't feel sorry for you. You have it all. Yeah. That created a crisis. The disconnect was a crisis and I spiraled into a suicidal depression. But no, I was very, very controlled and contained in the public arena of work and in my family and in my community. But then, of course, you know, I would I would get out my wildness with my friends and go to parties, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't an authentic wildness. And it sounds like in your body that you became trapped in the body through restriction. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what made me depressed. Yeah. You're not feeding your soul like when we are in that state. And, you know, girl, I can relate to what you're sharing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, then something happens, right? Then in th the worst crisis, I don't know, the, the stroke of genius can be ignited. Exactly. And that was the ultimate lesson I learned. Everything happens as an opportunity to grow and to have more self-awareness. So if I hadn't spiraled into my depression, then I never would have wanted to go inward. So the depression came on about age 27, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was 30. Mm. Yeah, right in that window. Yep. So it's like the, it's the midlife crisis before midlife. <laughs> it is. And it's very common. We're talking about issues that are collective. Yes, yes. Well, what society tells us we should be, what our family dynamics and our family culture tells us we should be, and then what our soul or our spirit or our higher self yearns for. Yes, and they're all good. I mean, at first I was so angry that I rejected my family and, you know, money and acquiring things. And I eventually grew through that and realized, oh, no, that was brilliant. I learned this. It's just all is good until it's out of balance. So I just needed to rebalance myself. And the opposite can be true. I have friends that are so spiritual and high vibration and lovely and loving, but they're not grounded in the earth plane and, and they're struggling making a living with survival. So, you know, it's all good. We just need to balance it, but also be authentic because a lot of times we follow cookie cutter formulas for success and that's outside of us. There's something inside of us that's unique that wants to emerge and that's the enlivening wild force. You are quoted as saying the world is suffering from a spiritual crisis. What is that and what is the solution? Yeah, the spiritual crisis is that our soul, that inner invisible essence, 
is connected to the spirit that runs through all things. Everybody, including a plant and a tree, has a soul and the spiritual realm. doesn't matter what your religion is. It's the connective underlying force, that part of us, the bones, that's highly connective and will never die. So when we overemphasize our human nature and we're accomplishing and acquiring and um, consuming, we are out of balance because we're not going inward to connect with the invisible essence, the spiritual uh, wildness. It's a higher vibration energy. So we can think our way out of all the problems of imbalance right now. And it's all important to recycle and to uh, rescue animals that are abused. It's all really important, but it's going to happen slower. And we're so out of balance it's going to require this inner essence that's authentic and wild and a higher vibration. Things move faster with spirit. So if we can go inward and people can be the change they want to see, go inward, connect with who you are on the inside, be spontaneous and creative. Remember who you were as a child, express your essence from the inside out. It's a higher vibration. You'll get inspiration. What your gifts are that need to be shared with the world to make the world a better place. And it's going to happen quicker. That's the crisis. Instead of seeking outward or blaming other people, you need to do that, or he's wrong, he's right. Go inward. Who am I authentically? I have a gift to share. Let me express that. That's what the world needs to heal. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's, and it's scary for many people, right? If you have been consuming the diet that the media tells us that we should eat, you know, it's kind of food for sheep. And then you have this crisis or spiritual awakening, depending upon how you, you view that. It can be scary, that shift to step into that, that wildness, that wholeheartedness, that genuine childlike beauty can be intimidating, I think. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying because we have a need as humans and it's it's legitimate. We want to fit in. We want to be loved. We want to be connected to clan or tribe or culture. And so if we are going against the grain and doing something that a lot of people around us aren't doing, we feel that we're going to be ostracized and maybe even die because we depend on other people for our survival and love and touch and, and interaction. So yeah, it's really scary. But if you look throughout history, there's always those pioneers that are on the leading edge, the forefront of change. And so it requires strength and sort of a conviction with knowing something on the inside. And what happens is when you, when you, Find someone to support you, which is why I firmly believe we need elders of, of consequence, significance, elders who are sharing their wisdom and holding a sacred container for younger people who are going through these transitions and want to make change that understand what they're going through and allow that for them. But once you do that and you get over that threshold of fear or you have support and you take the first step, it's amazing. Things start happening. You're, you change your vibration and by law of attraction, you, you start attracting people that are like you or teachers or support or opportunities. And then all of a sudden you're not alone. You realize there are other people out there doing this work. And, and then you start attracting them and unfolding. Yes, the unfolding process. We are going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with my guest today, Lucinda Bakken-White. We're talking about her book, Confessions of a Bone Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. To learn more, please visit AuthenticWildness.com. On Twitter, you can find Lucinda at The Lucinda White. And on Facebook, Lucinda Bakken White. Here comes the break. We'll be right back. And that is a guarantee. 
Who says money can't buy happiness? Whether you are a skeptic or seeker, check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, a boot camp manual for greater emotional fitness, is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Here's a truth bomb. Emotions are contagious, and happiness is a universally desired state. But we tend to forget that we all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstances. Explore the journey of human happiness, how to find it and keep it, with Lisa's documentary film, H-Factor. Where is your heart? Visit HarvestingHappiness.com to learn more. back continuing the conversation with my guest Lucinda Bakken White we're talking about what it means to come home to oneself realizing our purpose at any age let's get back to the discussion all right Lucinda prior to the break we were talking a bit about this reclamation process of self you know returning to this place of authenticity and, and wonder and the sort of the beauty of that childlike state where we're unrestricted and unfettered by what society tells us we should do or who we should be. Talk a little bit about one of your wild experiences. You have been on some wild adventures in your lives, including tracking wolves. Yes, I've, I've answered the call. You get these invitations or inklings or you have these yearnings and desires and all of a sudden something taps on your door. It helped to awaken my authenticity and my soul and enliven me to go on wild adventures. You know, we all have an inner and outer nature that mirror each other. So spending time in nature helps to awaken the nature inside of us, especially if we have all of our senses open. I mean, many of us are in nature with headphones or talking to our friends or thinking about goals you know, and commitments and getting things done. But when we're in nature with all of our senses open, smelling, seeing, tasting, touching, it opens conduits and these vibrations, these wild vibrations come into us and tune us. So when my kids went to college, I just randomly, spontaneously, synchronistically went on several wild adventures to get this whole last stage of life going. The first was I went wolf tracking in the north woods of Wisconsin because I had always resonated with a wolf totem. I work a lot with animals. Our ancestors believed that every person had an animal totem that was symbolic or a mirror of their authentic nature. So if you connect with that animal, you learn more about yourself and how to behave. Animals were their guides. They learned from wolves how to hunt and so on. So I had always identified with wolf as my totem when I was a mother and wanted to go wolf tracking and see a wolf. There were no wolves in California at the time. But do you know the first wolf that had been documented in something like 80 years crossed the border into California literally on, well, exactly on my birthday, but what? two months before. Yes, on my birthday and two months before I went wolf tracking in Wisconsin. So those are some of the synchronicities and signs that I look for as validation from the universe. Then after I went wolf tracking, 
I went to Africa for two weeks with a very small group of people I'd never met, and we shadowed the sand Bushmen in the middle of the Kalahari Desert. Again, it's about hearkening back to our ancestors and our ancient ways of being when we're deeply connected to nature and we have a symbiotic relationship. So I was working with them about how they survive, track animals, and and live in complete reverence with planet Earth, Mother Nature, the wilderness, and and have a symbiotic relationship for survival. And what about going eye to eye with a lion while on safari? Well, I was with the same group that I'm talking about. So it wasn't our typical safari where you're in a Jeep with a, with a tour guide. We were on safari in silence wow. and no, and no cameras so that we weren't putting a camera between us and an animal animal that we just opened all of our senses to connect with the animal and their behavior and their spirit and their essence. So we were in this one situation where it was actually, it was an enclosure where they took lions that were in danger for being killed because they had encroached on cattle farmers. So they were wild lions, but they were in enclosures and we were able to get up close and personal with them. And it was a really transformative experience for me because I was so close to this lion. It could have leapt at me and killed me. And the transmission from its eyes and the radiance and the beauty of being that close with a wild animal was very transformative. I can imagine, my goodness. And so you had this eye contact where you each recognized something more sort of on a soul level is that what you're saying or yes you get this transmission where if the eyes are the window to the soul i saw something in that wild animal that was reflected back to me now you have to you know i'm not recommending that people go out and go face to face with a lion you have to be (laughs) smart about it but i was on that precipice of okay i could be eaten or lunged at right now but i probably won't i'm scared I mean, really, I, it brought me to tears. But also in my book, there was a lot of symbology with animals. Every chapter in the whole memoir, which chronicles my life from zero to age 55, there each chapter has an animal and what that animal taught me about how to transform and get closer to who I was authentically or equally when I was out of balance. So my father was a lion. My mother and father were lions. Those were their totems, I later figured out. But I was a wolf, so I didn't quite fit into the family structure. And neither one is right or wrong, good or bad. They're just different. And it speaks to the authenticity and not being, you know, when you're a parent, try not to shape your children into your own mold, but to recognize their authenticity. And that's something that our ancestors, indigenous cultures do. So coming face to face with that lion was helping me reconcile a lot of the issues that I had with my father, who was a lion, and seeing him in his beauty and who he was. It's pretty esoteric, deep stuff. But you don't even have to know what's going on. It's just a vibration and vibrations help us transform. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm mesmerized by what you share. Talk a little bit about um, the need for all of us, and you, you touched upon this in the prior segment about being in connection with our elders and your um, interest in stepping into that role to be that mentor and that guide. That's part of the reason why I'm interested in indigenous cultures, because back in those days, elders were revered. And I knew from a young age that I craved elders that were wise and strong and that would hold a container for me and not judge me. But I didn't have that kind of support and I stumbled along on my own. 
and knew that someday I would be that elder of significance holding a container for people who had similar issues to me. We are a society that overemphasizes the material um, aspects of life, and we absolutely fear death, don't want to talk about it, and fear aging. And they, the two go hand in hand. And when somebody starts to wrinkle or get older or sag or gain a few pounds, we're taught that that's unattractive and there's something wrong with us. I don't have anything. I don't have any problem with plastic surgery. It's your intention. Are you doing it because you don't feel good about yourself or does it help you? Great. It's like combing your hair or washing your hair. But is it because you really don't want to grow old and you're not looking at it? And you're afraid of death or dying. It's so common. It's epidemic. Yet I know that the reason the body declines and starts to age when we're older is intentionally. So the inner essence will then take priority and radiate and magnify out of us and share that enlivening wild energy with all the people in our circumference. So that's the other thing the world needs to change. We need to be more circular and collective. So the elders, it would be awesome if younger people would respect the elders. And then if the elders would step up and recognize they have something inside of them that needs to be shared with the world, a special gift, and that the young people, the younger people need them to hold the container tell the stories, hear the stories. And likewise, the young people keep the older people enlivened with their young energy and connected with the, to what the current issues are. Well, and this speaks to multi-generational housing, the way that we used to live. If you go back a hundred years, right? And further, we would live communally. You know, there would be multi-generations in a household. And then the more affluent we became as a Western society, that became less fashionable. No, you're absolutely right. And that's why I look to the indigenous cultures. Yeah, we are modern. We are here on planet Earth to expand and create and change and, and modernize. But again, it gets to balance. And I do like looking back to the indigenous cultures to see what worked for them and bring the best of the past forward. And again, it's all everything we're talking today is about connection, connection and balance. There is no right or wrong or good or bad. It's just that we are disconnected for all the reasons you just said. So we need to reconnect in the family units if we can. doesn't have to be a blood relative, but just to get the multi-generational thing going. And it's the same with our human nature and our soul. It's about connecting with our human nature and our soul. And then the same thing with the judgment and the warring and the anger outside of ourselves. Instead of looking at people and being angry at what they're doing, Find the common ground, the spirit that connects us to all people and just do what we want to do authentically instead of being so angry at other people because they're different than us. As I'm reading, you know, different parts of your book, I happen to attach to the words Manolo Blahniks. And I thought, all right, this is a girl I can talk with. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> because what you're talking about, and I am, I'm a firm believer in what you're sharing. I agree with you. You know, so we have this sort of this esoteric ether. And then on the other side, I'm like, all right, this girl, she, she knows, you know, that, that, that sometimes a good pair of high heels is just good. Absolutely. It's balanced. You know, yes. I came, I, I grew up in Silicon Valley. My husband was the CEO of a big company. I went to high society events and collected couture and, you know, go to the tanning salon. I've done it all. I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. And so it's, 
I did go through the phase where I rejected that and said, oh, that's so shallow. But as I get older, the wisdom is balance. No, I'm a human being. I, I, I need, I want to live on earth and see what it's like to accumulate and manifest until it gets out of balance. And then I want to go the other direction and vice versa. You work, as we mentioned earlier, as an inner wildness guide. And this sounds like something that all of us could use. What does this entail? Well, I I believe that when we have wounds growing up, that there's wisdom there. And if we can turn our own wounds around, then we have firsthand experience that we can share with other people. So my original wound was not being seen for who I was on the inside. And that really pained me. I now have the gift of seeing who people are on the inside. So when I work with them as an inner wildness guide, I help them connect with that inner authentic essence and their wildness. I do it by taking them into nature. I do it by working with them in my barn where I have the animal bones and I do it by phone if they're, if they're long distance. But I also have a blog uh, that I publish every week and my book, of course, uh, that has a lot of wisdom in it. And I do public speaking. Wow. Well, and you are doing a lot and I just love talking with you. You know, you have so much to share and the story of authentic wildness is so vital to our well-being and I challenge our listeners to go to that place of authentic wildness, to dare yourself, to set yourself free in that way. My guest today has been Lucinda Bakken-White. The book we've been speaking of is Confessions of a Bone Woman, Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. To connect with Lucinda, you can do so at her website, AuthenticWildness.com, on Twitter at the Lucinda White, and on Facebook, Lucinda Bakken White. Lucinda, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guests, Layla Delia and Lucinda Bakken White, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes via our free app or from our libraries at toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, and other fine podcast platforms. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit harvestinghappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced in collaboration with TogiNet Radio, KBUURadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.